broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Forsyth Business Radio. And hello and welcome to another episode of Forsyth Business Radio. I am your host, Amanda Pierce, joined in studio today by two community members, Jan Rooney, agent owner, Jan Rooney State Farm. Jan Rooney State Farm. And also Ty Keller, who is a licensed mortgage advisor for Angel Oak Home Loans. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Jan and I have been circling around each other for a while, so I'm glad that we're finally seated at the table together. Um, Both of these guests today are both members of the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce, and we are active in the marketplace together. Actually, I met Ty for the first time at an off-the-beaten-path networking event, and Jan was always spoken highly of by my partner, Steve Cooper, and we finally connected the first time, I think, at Women Connect. Yes. Two very great events held by the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce. Before we get into our conversation, I would like to give you guys a chance to share a little bit about what you guys do with your businesses in the community. Again, I mentioned Jan Rooney is the agent owner of State Farm, and Ty is with Angel Oak Home Loans. Both are very booming businesses right now. So, Jan, we'll let you kind of start off and share a little bit about your company, your experience within the community, and how you serve Forsyth. Oh, great. Well, um, first, thanks for having me on the show. Um, This is like one of my bucket list things is to participate in a podcast. So I'm just so happy to be here and to kind of be checking that off my list. Um, But yes, I am the owner of Jan Rooney State Farm. And I opened eight years ago. And with a with a mindset of helping to protect people's risk and really looking at them like a risk manager or being their risk manager for them. And by that, I mean, you know, if something devastating happens to you, um, and whether you're in a car accident, whether your breadwinner doesn't come home that night, or whether you're ill and can no longer go to work, we have products and services that can actually make that devastation be less devastating to you on a financial standpoint. And it's really just about talking with people, educating them so that they can really fill those gaps that they may feel are unaffordable or that they feel that, you know, they just never knew there was something out there that could help them. So I'm really proud of what me and my team do. I have a team of six right now. um, And we just help. Our main focus is for Scythe County, Cherokee County, North Fulton and Dawsonville, those are the main counties we focus around to really help and get that word out. And you are a resident of Forsyth County? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you're also a mother and a wife and your children in the school systems here. So the impact that you have with your business directly affects your life here in the community. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and I look at myself as like a servant leader, and I wanted my company to be more than just a company that helps with that risk protection, but to actually give back. So um, there's a strong philanthropic side of what we like to do. And we do that through um, giving our time, giving our talent, and, you know, giving financially to um, different areas around the community. And, um, and then, One other thing that we participate in is what we call the kindness revolution, and we're the kind champion of coming in Canton, um, Georgia, to where we do kind student awards, kind student awards for local elementary schools. And I used to be a specific learning disabilities teacher a while ago, and it allows us to kind of go into a school and and recognize someone for finding value in helping people versus finding value only in good grades. And um, as I always tell people, you know, being that specific learning disabilities teacher, you know that there are people in school that are just brilliant, and we need those brilliant people in the world. We do. But then you also have those kids that can get lost, and their contribution is being that compassionate person, being that person who can be kind. So, you know, everyone can be kind. And so that's kind of why we partnered in that way to give back. That's very nice. And we will touch on um, philanthropy here after we bring Ty into the conversation. Mm -hmm. I love the name, The Kindness Revolution. I I wrote that down so that we can speak more about it. I want to bring Ty into the conversation. And Ty Keller with Angel Oak Home Loans. I tell you, and I told you when we first met, 
ironically, probably 15 to 17 years ago, my mom closed on a townhome in Noonan, Georgia, and Angel mm-hmm. Oak was the lender. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and yeah. I, I loved the name. That was very, yeah. very nice. So it kind of stood out to me. So share with our listeners a little bit about what you do, how you yeah. serve our community, and your enthusiasm behind serving your organization. Yeah, so I'll give you a little background on me. I started in mortgage lending in 2008, which was probably the most bizarre time to to get into mortgage lending. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, Bought a house three months later, um, and then three days later, or three days before I bought my first house, Bear Stearns crashed. So ended up being in that house and in that job for uh, quite a long time, but I loved it. It was a great bank. I worked for a private bank out in Colorado, the second largest bank out there. Spent my time doing mortgages, and so... I always tell people there's mortgages and then there's mortgages. There's mortgage lenders and then there's mortgage lenders. And so typically when you think of a mortgage lender, it's a 30-year fixed, Fannie Mae, FHA, kind of run of the mill. It's the same everywhere. Well, certain banks and certain lenders have portfolio loans, which we underwrite to our own guidelines. And so that that's kind of how I got brought up in lending. I was doing both types, but I had a product set that catered to people who are business owners, people who are investors, people who are buying commercial properties and different things. So Long story short, I was there for about 12 years um, in a lending role for about eight, eight of those years. I took a, a different position at our headquarters and, and kind of a leadership role and then left there. My timing is perfect. So I left there February of 2020, right at the outset of the pandemic. So moved out here to Georgia to be closer to my wife's family, kind of get a new start. And then I got connected to another portfolio lender out here. And a buddy of mine said, hey, you know, try Try to call Angel Oak, see what they're about. I think they're based in California. He's like, they're great guys. Turns out they're headquartered here in Atlanta, about 20 minutes south of the new house we bought out here. And so I went and had lunch with these guys. And it's same down-to-earth lending, just out-of-the-box common sense. And I found out they're the largest securitizer of non-QM and, and these types of portfolio loans in the United States. So I'm like, wow, this couldn't have, I couldn't have dreamed this up any better. So I, that's what I've been doing over the last year. I've been with them. Um, it's been fantastic. We really... As far as ta- tailoring it to the community um, and helping the community, re- we really help uh, business owners buy real estate. And that's a big thing if you're trying to draw business owners to the community. You know, sometimes it can be a real challenge for these guys to go get a, you know, a 30-year fixed uh, mortgage and actually qualify for what we know they're capable of affording. But on paper, we can't always show that on a Fannie Mae or FHA loan. And so that's where we come in. We get kind of creative. We can handle those deals. So, um and I, do you do commercial and residential, or do you uh, specialize in one or the other? So it's all one to four family residential real estate. Okay. And a lot of what I do, Jane and I were talking before we went on air. Um, I help a lot of investors. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of lenders uh, restrict the investment into you know properties at ten mortgages. So a lot of people, you know, they can't own properties in their LLC if they get a Fannie Mae loan, and we don't have those types of restrictions. So a lot of what I do is helping people build sizable rental portfolios. Up and I mean up to you know two hundred rental properties wow. in some cases. So um, there's there's loans where you know we're not looking at their personal income. We're looking at the income from the property. So you can you, you don't have to go through you know tax returns and all that sort of thing. So it gets it's creative lending. We can make exceptions. We can we can look at things in a different way. So it's I love it. It's what I'm used to. I've got that same kind of network and love being able to do what I used to do in this growing community. So. And it sounds like you aligned yourself with an organization that shared in the same core values that you were looking to kind of carry over from your previous stint. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we have a national presence, and it was it was kind of cool to see that, hey, this is our headquarters here. And you walk in, and it's, you know, everybody's so down to earth. It's like, wow, we really are about, you know, helping the client. We're not about ourselves. We're here to, you know, really grow the community and and. and kind of cover that gap that exists in, in the mortgage industry. A lot of people are underserved by how the mortgage industry is set up. Not everybody's, you know, taking a, a pay stub home and a W-2. We got to really help those folks. So it's it's a blast. I can imagine. And Ty is also a father, and he resides here in Cumming. He's a father and husband, and he has two doggies. Jan, are you a dog mom? We do have two dogs as oh, well. Very nice. See more in common here. <laughs> um, Ty, why did you choose coming? I know you said that your wife's family lived in the area. So is that what drew you to the Forsyth County area or was there another draw to the community? So um, my first draw, if I'm being completely honest, was uh, the lake up here, which is gorgeous. We grew up um, 
well, for a few years when I was a kid, we had boats and, and had that lake experience. I remember that. I'm like, that would be awesome if my kids could enjoy that. And then found out that Foresight, the schools are fantastic here. Um, we looked all over Kingdom Come. Our poor realtor took us all over Atlanta metro area. I'm like, listen, let's let's narrow this down a little bit. Like, where where would you help us, you know? knowing that we have kids, knowing that this is our interest. We're coming from the mountains in Colorado, so we've got the, the mountains to the north of us, and then we just happened upon Forsyth and coming. And I feel like we totally lucked out. It's a great community. Very nice. Yeah. And Jan, what drew you to the area? So for us, it was a job transfer for me. So um, ever since I was 27 years old, I wanted to be a state farm agent, but we have five kids that we were raising. So the deal I made with my husband is that when my youngest daughter turned 16 – I would um, leave my career and become um, a State Farm agent. So with that in mind, and we lived in Florida at the time, they weren't appointing agents um, due to some um, Department of Insurance issues um, for from a rate perspective and things. But so when we, when we agreed to move and not appointing agents, they offered me this opportunity um, to recruit agents to the metro Atlanta area in Georgia. And so I went back and talked to my husband about it. And he was like, you know what, you've been waiting, let's do it. And so we made this huge move um, with our family away from our hometown that we were married and grew up in, and came up here. And we are absolutely just loving it. And that's kind of what brought us up here and you remained yes we will be here now till we pass away I think (laughs) so we we are enjoying it well the area is thriving and booming I'm sure you know from the lending side and also with insurance economic development is on on the forefront here especially in the Forsyth County area Um, talk a little bit about what you're seeing as far as growth in your industries and what you foresee maybe in the next three to five years I mean the market is changing drastically interest rates on on both sides are increasing rapidly um if you are able and i know you have certain what are they called um like restrictions what is it when cpas that compliance i don't want to take you out of any compliance Mm -hmm. but from your personal and professional experience what do you have to say about where the market's at today so i think for um the insurance industry in itself i think people are going to be seeing a hardening of 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 a market, which means rates will be increasing. Um, But I think it's the reason why um, that it's increasing that over these next probably year or so, like I think we'll get to a stable market sometime in 2023, at least from my perspective. And and I say that because what's shifted is um, newer cars are on the road with newer technology. Before you could replace a bumper for um, you know, $500. Well, now that bumper has cameras on it. It has sensors on it. And so now a bumper will cost like $2,500. Um, but not only that, the shift of having more than 50% of those cars on the road with that technology versus those that aren't mechanics now have to be certified to work on those cars. So the cost of helping those mechanics, um, repair those cars has gone up so as they got certified in those special areas they now get to make more per hour than um than i guess even two years ago and so um with those changes you're kind of seeing that area of of growth and claim and claim payment growing which is what's driving the cost and then you have more people moving to our area and I just got to tell you someone who came from Florida where we built our cities on a grid which means all the roads were straight they were flat Mm -hmm. you could make a right turn end Mm -hmm. up where you started you don't have that here in Georgia like if you're I'll be driving down a road when I first moved here and the road would just end (laughs) and I'm like what (laughs) and so you have more accidents as more and more people are moving in. And to Georgia's credit, we are the number one um, business um, growing, growing businesses in the United States, which is awesome, which is bringing more and more people. Well, that's more and more new people. Yeah. More and more new people on, on our roads road. <laughs> is causing more and more accidents. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see a trend there. And then also just coming off the pandemic, you know, driving lowered and now driving is just getting back to pre-pandemic levels and if you were fortunate enough like all of our state farm customers were fortunate enough to have is um, you know you were able to see some rate decrease during that time well now it's got to catch back up so all of that rate is causing some of the um, 
or all of that change is causing the rates to change. So I'm hoping we'll get to a stable market, but that's kind of what I foresee over the next year. Thank you for sharing your insight. Mm-hmm. I definitely wrote down hardening of the market so I can look more into yeah. that. <laughs> Taya, what do you have to add? Yeah, I don't know. I guess a, a question too. So I mean, people, you know, I think complain about their home insurance going up, but they sure like having their, their housing value go right, up the at the same time, value, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a true thing. And I think um, that's just dealing with inflation and the cost to build. And that's part of the supply chain issue. And so definitely, if you haven't checked with your insurance re- insur- insurance agent on your homeowner um, cost or, or replacement value, you know, if they're calling to meet with you, meet with them because you want to make sure that's in check. Mm-hmm. Not overinsured, but not underinsured either. Absolutely. Right. Well, I was um, looking on Instagram before I got here and a, a realtor friend of mine here in town, she posted something and it was a uh, an email or as a text message exchange between her and another realtor. And she's like, Hey, you know what? Your, your clients seem to really like that house. You know what's going on? And the response back was, well, I think we're going to wait and see what this monkey pox is going to be like you know, <laughs> before we put on. <laughs> so I bring that up. It just reminded me as you were talking, I think, I think there's a lot of people that are seeing what's going on right now. There's a lot of uncertainty in the markets, you know, people, you know, if you want to get worked up about something, you certainly can. But I think uh, the people who are, are still finding deals and, and uh, buying real estate right now, they're taking advantage of a good opportunity. I think appreciation and values is going to not level off, but it's going to be slower than it was over the last couple of years. Because keep in mind, you know, everyone was home. Everyone was putting away cash. There was a lot of stimulus in the system and people were real estate never slowed down at all. And so I think, um, you know, in, in the short term, we're going to see a little bit of slowing compared to what we did for the uh, last couple of years. But, um, you know, rates have certainly jumped up a little bit. I think they're, everyone is really saying they're kind of moderating. I can't really get too much into rates, but depending on who you listening listen to, you know, Federal Reserve Board puts out their their uh, regular minutes on kind of what's going on with, with rates. And I honestly think that, um, I, don't, I won't say the worst is behind us, but I agree with your point. I think we are going to see some some moderation over the next year. And so, Typically, when everyone is panicking, that means we're, um, you know, in my mind, I think we're, we're probably getting, we're over panicked and, uh, you know, things are, are just going to move on the way they have. And I'm putting this on air right now. And so anyone listening can tell me I'm wrong in a year if that's not the case. But um, yeah, I'm still very optimistic. I like being able to solve problems in different ways. And so for me, I'm not really concerned about it. I think if you want to know what's going on in our industry, on the portfolio and non-QM side, that's a piece that's really growing right now. If you look at... Can you share with our listeners that might not know what non-QM means? Yeah, I say that all the time. Too much jargon. I (laughs) I do that. But non-QM is a a non-qualified mortgage. So basically what that means is if you have a qualified mortgage, if you just anyone's standard mortgage on their their home, if you've got an FHA loan or Fannie Mae loan, a qualified mortgage is one that that we're all used to. There are certain protections in the... place for the bank that says, hey, no, we as the bank, we we documented your income well, we followed all these conventions for the conventional loan. We met all the, uh, you know, ability to repay rules and all that, that, that's all in place. So there's there's a little bit of legal protection in there. And this all came out of, uh, you know, the regulations that happened after the crash in 08. And so that's a very, very good thing that we have that. So banks, if they want to sell loans on the secondary market, they need to meet, meet those qualified mortgage standards. Well, if you have a bank that still wants to make those loans, still has to follow all the ability to repay rules. They just can't meet every single convention of those Fannie Mae guidelines. They maybe can come up with their own guidelines and still meet those income requirements. Those are non-qualified mortgages. And so that there's a there's a market there. There's a gap in the industry where if you have private funding, maybe the government's not going to buy those mortgages, but maybe a hedge fund. You know, um, Angel Oak has a $26 billion you know hedge fund. That's the amount of securitizations that we've had over well, since 2008, I believe. So um, that's the growing market because things are tightening up on the on the conventional side. You're seeing um, Fannie Mae tighten guidelines and fees are going up and that sort of thing. So we're not skipping a beat. We're still going gangbusters on loans. It's just a larger percentage is becoming non-QM. Thank you for sharing that because I myself, that's the second time you said that. I'm like, Amanda, QM. What is a QM? So yeah. thank you for sharing. For those of you who are just joining us, uh, my guests today are Jan Rooney and Ty Keller, and we are enjoying a roundtable discussion about a variety of things. One thing that you guys share is um, that you are sharp within your field, and you have to stay 
current on trends and continuously educate yourself in order to serve your clients, your families, and your communities. So back when I was uh, working for the Fayette County Board of Realtors, when I was a young lass, uh, we used to have CE courses. What types of um, credits do you need to maintain for your license, and how do you stay sharp? Ty, I'll mm-hmm. ask you first. I know you listen to podcasts, and you just express that uh, being knowledgeable is absolutely essential to what you do. So mm-hmm. how do you continue to build your knowledge base and stay sharp to continue mm-hmm. to serve your clients? So you can go about it in one way. You could you could take time off on the weekends and just study by yourself and just lock all that way in your head. I, I'm not able to do that. You have to renew your license every year. So aside from all the CE credits that you have to go get a refresher on just to maintain your mortgage license, aside from doing that, what I do is is stay up on rates. You know, we get a, we get a weekly brief from our hedge fund guys, the guys in our capital markets side, and they're telling us, you know, what's going on with pricing in the market. Um, but just paying attention. And the reason you do that as a professional, and this is kind of how I was brought up in, in this industry, is if you're talking to a client and you don't know any of that stuff, I mean, you just, you have no credibility. And if you don't have any opinion on that sort of thing, well, you know, anybody could do my mortgage. Doing the mortgage isn't, isn't hard. It's filling out paperwork and, and, and getting that, you know, getting the loan to closing. But uh, the challenging part and the place where you add value is, you know, being able to bring value to a client, like an investor. So for instance, a lot of what I do is I, I go to seminars on short-term rentals. I have a lot of clients that are interested in that. And if they're interested in it, I kind of want to be able to, you know, talk with them about it and have connections in that community and provide value and be able to introduce them to people. And so um, I go to a lot of things that involve business owners and kind of understand kind of what they're facing from a tax perspective, what are their biggest challenges. And so, you know, just trying to get smart and it helps me in my job. I think continuing ed is good. I think a lot of people want to do that, but they need to do it. But, you know, do, do something in addition to your licensing that adds value to both yourself and to your clients. And same to you, Jan. Sure. Um, so for me, I mean, we have those typical CE courses and, you know, some of those courses I do have to lock myself away on a weekend <laughs> and just kind of pound through it. So I meet the regulation for the state to say to stay licensed. Um, but I, I always approach it from an attitude of always be curious. And in, in that, what I mean is, is if something doesn't like make sense to me, I'll try and dig a little deeper, whether it's searching on the internet or finding a mentor. And I have many mentors in many different ways who I don't even think some of them know they're my mentor um, because I'll just stop and ask them questions. Or when we're at a, an event, I'll start bending their ear. They'll say something interesting to me and then I'll dig a little bit deeper to really understand. Um, so I think having those mentors really helps with that. And then um, from the professional side at State Farm, I mean, I'm so fortunate that my company gives me so much support and I have um, many, many connections at our company that if something isn't seeming to be um, right for me or why we could be changing a, a direction or why would a rate change or something, I can I have people that I can reach out to to help me understand. And, and a great example of that is youthful drivers. If you have a child who has good grades, who um, takes the driving, the Georgia State driving course, and you spend 40 hours in the car, which, you know, you're supposed to do before you oh, go and get their driver's yeah. license and um, spend those 40 hours in the car. You're you're positioning your child to actually be a safer driver. Well, State Farm gives them a very good discount for that. And, and but what happens is when and, and I learned this as I was an agent, not as a mother or someone working for State Farm, but as an agent, because I had a insured who their child got in an accident and the we call it the steer clear discount which is the driving of 40 hours that you train your child to do as a parent you stay in the car with them that steer clear discount falls off and they also lose um they also are given an accident surcharge and the rate goes up exponentially And the reason it does that is because it moves them into a different rating category, not because they feel like they should charge more because the child was in an accident, but that young person is actually moved into a risk category where they're more likely in the next 18 months to be in an accident where they will be hurt. Mm -hmm. They will hurt someone severely or possibly, Mm -hmm. you know, 
do yeah. the unthinkable right. that we read about. And when that happens, it becomes a safety thing that I feel for the parent. And so once I explain that to these parents, and I had to learn that because I didn't really understand, well, why are we they, why are we just changing that? I mean, it's already very expensive for our youth. So why does that change? But now when you look at it from that safety perspective, it's a way to give kids who are doing all the right things um, a break on their insurance, but then those that move into that risk factor charging more, but trying to dig deeper and, and learn more about that. And so that's kind of how I've always approached um, learning more where most agents may not even realize that's kind of what happens when kids are in an accident um, and how they move into a really, I kind of call it the danger zone. Right. So then when your kid has a second accident, you know, really start paying attention to, okay, well, what's going on? Are their grades slipping? Are they, you know, are they kind of zooming from here and there? Am I, are they going where they say they're going? You know, it really helps from a parent perspective for you to think, this is why I might have to step in here a little bit as a parent. And, um, you know, and, and then it can actually save lives, you know, from right. that standpoint. So for me, and then I, I like to read as well. Um, if I if I can't get someone to give me the answer, I'll try and Google it. I'll find a book on it. And my husband laughs because we have all these books at home. And he's like, what are you doing with all these books? I'm like, oh, no, I'm reading them. He's like, how are you reading TED books at one time? And I'm like, well, I like to find my yeah, answer. and skim through at yeah. a time. Yeah, my new favorite thing is Blinkist. I don't know if anybody's done Blinkist, but you can, it's a, you can read it, which I like because on Sunday mornings, you know, I don't like, I want to have some silence, so I like to read through it. Or you can audio play it, so you got either or. Love that. And you can go through, um, it'll give you the highlights of different books. And so I've really been enjoying that. And since we're kind of going into a crazy um, market right now, a potential recession, I actually have been pulling books on um, stock investing because I'm like, hmm, there might be an opportunity here for us to kind of reallocate some funds to where maybe we can take advantage of this, you know, um, potential recession that we may be going in. So and that's been like my favorite way to really kind of search and learn new topics. I love that. And that's kind of why I turned to podcasting, Jan. Um, I loved reading very much, but my schedule didn't allow me to spend as much time with literal text as I used to. So I started seeking out, you know, continuing education, personal development on podcasting, just keyword searching. And I found a multitude of information and wonderful podcasts that kind of help keep me sharp as well. Mm -hmm. Ty, did you have something to add? I saw you taking notes there. No, you know, I, I'm taking notes on Blinkist and all that. Yeah, You're I wrote exactly that down right. too. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jan, how many children of your five are drivers? All of them now. Oh, goodness. So, so um, that's really near and dear to you, the information that you shared because it's firsthand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ty, yours aren't, aren't old enough to drive yet. No, a couple more years. So eight and nine. A few um, more years. Just yeah. a few. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're eight and nine going on, you know, 21 19 and, and 20. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you guys really quickly because um, in both of your worlds, relationship development and referrals are very important. So what do you do in order to kind of get out there and move and shake and meet new people aside from the chamber events, which we all participate in? Where do you find valuable relationships and talk about the importance of referrals in your world, not only giving them, but getting them as well. And we'll start with you, Ty. Yeah, so I guess my strategy with um, just meeting people is just, it's not necessarily a strategy, I guess, anymore, because it's just a habit. It's just finding out everything about them, you know, finding out about their business and the types of people that they want to get in front of and uh, thinking in the back of my mind, okay, well, how can I help this person? And I'll, I'll come back and suddenly they're added to my network, you know, and, and if they're, I always ask, who are you trying to get in front of? You know, what's a great referral source for you? And figuring that out. They'll reciprocate and ask the question, and I'll tell them, you know, but a lot of times it's just it's just natural um, coming about in different ways. And so, like, for instance, I'll run into a property manager, ask those questions. I got invited to um, a NARPA meeting, which is a property manager uh, meeting um, all over the country, and got invited to a chapter meeting here a couple weeks ago and just had some great connections just coming about naturally. So a lot of it is just, you know, meeting business owners, staying focused, everybody knows somebody. And I think a lot of, I think sometimes you make a mistake is I only want to go talk to this person. Well, that's, that's hard because then you're just, you know, annoying a bunch of insurance agents all day long or realtors <laughs> all day long. And yeah. so just get, do it naturally and get to know people and establish relationships and 
it's not about what they can send you. It's about what you can do for them and, and just make sure they know who you are and what you do. I mean, you're not going to sell any mortgages. You're not going to sell any insurance if nobody knows who you are, if you're not involved in your community, if you're not volunteering, if you're not, you know, being there to be a resource. And that's, I guess, the biggest way that my referral sources come about is people at least know what I do. The product kind of is what it is. It's a very niche product. So I do have something that kind of helps me out there as well. Um, But, you know, a lot of it, and then once things are established with a certain group, maybe it's a realtor group or an investor group, um, it kind of feeds on itself, do a good job and, you know, it's you take care of other people, you'll be taken care of. So, care of you. what percentage of your business would you say is a referral? Is related to referrals? Yeah, I would say maybe um, right now, kind of coming to a new market, it's it's getting close to maybe half. Nice. So it's you know, I, I guess for being established in a, in a market, and this is a new market for me. I've lived here for two years, so the goal is to you know continue to build that up and make sure people know you know what I do. But I'm you know, I li- I'm licensed down in Florida, so I'm doing a lot down there. Um, I'm licensed here in Georgia and Tennessee and Colorado and Alabama. So, um, and then we're all over the nation. So if somebody calls me from New Jersey and they need something, I can put them in touch with somebody who can help. So me, it's it's a combination of meeting people in here in the community and then finding people through, you know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn and different yeah. places, just like at least knowing what they do and having a connection. So mm-hmm. I don't like uh, I don't like doing things unnaturally because just if it feels weird, I don't want to do it sometimes. <laughs> but it's you know there's a line there you want to step out of your comfort zone and, and maybe do some cold calls. But most of it's going to be from referrals in yeah. grassroots. I'll tell a quick personal story about how Ty and I first met. We have a mutual friend, Dimitri, who has appeared on the podcast before and who will be hosting a a series called the Startup Factory here in the near future. Um, but he just casually said, "Hey, you know what? I got a, a buddy named Ty. I think you guys are like minded." You want to come have a beer with us? I said, sure. We came. I think Ty and I talked for like an hour, like off the rip, exactly like you said when you're asking me who is my target market, a little bit about my business. I'm put you on the spot here after Jan shares her piece <laughs> about your your um, passion project or your side biz, shall I say? <laughs> sure. Um, and it was very casual, and it was not. It wasn't crunchy or or you know mandatory. It was very friendly, and here we are. What eight months later? Very nice. Jan, talk about the importance of referrals in your world and how you get them and how you give them. Sure. So for us, and we when we talk about referrals, um, actually with my team and everything, because we have a 50% close ratio for referrals. So meaning like if someone refers like Ty, you to us, and then you will let us quote you. And then if we um, do our job well, you will most likely um, change your insurance to us. Um, and if at the very least um, you don't, um, you will at least take away things you need to go back to your current agent about and ask questions to so you can be properly protected. So we go from the standpoint of you need to be referable. So do what you say, um, be good at what you do, be knowledgeable at what you do, and offer something to someone so that they will organically want to refer you. Um, and then, so that's one way that, we really grow to get referrals. So we get referrals from people we don't even ask of referrals. Right. Um, they just say, oh, such and such has you. They said you're wonderful. We want to have you too. Mm-hmm. And then we're just like, okay, well, let's look at almost to the point where we have to remember that they're automatically going to switch to us is what it sounds like that we have to remember, oh, yeah, our job is to protect your risk and we have to find those holes to make sure you're properly protected. Um, and then the other way that we do it is is um, very much similar to Thai. I mean, we go out into the community. We try and find people who help. And if you work on my team, you really have to be a servant leader. You have to be someone who wants to not only come and do your job and do your job well, but find a way to help someone. And so we talk a lot about listening you have to be able to listen well to understand what someone needs so that when it's time to deliver that, you can help them find whatever that whatever that may be, whether it's um, in our industry, helping someone get a, find a roofer to get a new roof on their on their house or to help someone like you, Amanda, finding someone else to maybe come sit in this chair and, and, and do a podcast. You know, when we first started, I said, this was um, like on my bucket list, right? Well, I bet there are other people out there who have this on a bucket list and they're probably way more interesting than I am. And so I just really 
feel passionate that referrals can come organically. Um, and then one more point I had to that is um, there's a person out there, right when I opened my agency, I met him and his name is Steve Beecham and he's kind of a local celebrity around here. And he has written a couple books, but they're all about building those relationships. And his first book that I read was called Bass Ackward Business. And it is about I love building referrals. And, um, you know, and I, and I just like him very much. He will, he will check in on you. He will make sure that, um, you know, if you have some, have some pain that he can solve, he will help you solve it. And that's who I want to be as a person. You know, if you're going through something, I want to be compassionate towards you and help you through that. And in return, I think his goal is to be the first person to think of in his business. And, and mine is to be the first person that you think of when you're like, hey, you know what? I'm having I'm having this issue with my insurance. Who can help me through it? Not who can who can I change to to have cheap, cheaper insurance. Who can help me through it? So whether I change or not, I gain value from it and can be better off for it. And that's trying that I think that in itself will perpetuate referrals. I agree with you 100%. You know, I shared with you briefly and I don't want to take up the time on the air, but I was recently involved in an accident and I'm just it's a nightmare of red tape between my insurance company and their insurance company. And after 25 calls to people in a variety of different states, nowhere near me, Mm -hmm. I finally came to the realization that I want to do, I want to place my business with a human being that I can speak to, that I can access, that I know, because that human element, that relationship, caring for your client or empathy even is something that I would like to put my dollars behind. Forget the rate. Because the service in the personal, the person, the human being behind the service is something that I desperately crave. And I think with the uh, advancement of AI and technology is fantastic, but we have these third-party answering services. You get bumped from one line to another to another, et cetera. I mean, you really kind of lose the human factor, in my opinion, in some of um, the situations that you're put in in both of your worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned about servant leadership a couple times, Jan, and you said something that sounds very familiar to me. Do you know Randy Brunson? I do not. No, I will happily introduce you. He's a dear friend and mentor of mine, and he Mm -hmm. always says, be generous with your time, treasures, and talents. Mm -hmm. And you said that in a a similar way. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you are a Rotarian, and Mm -hmm. the motto is service above self. I think that both of you are exemplary of that. Uh, Talk a little bit about how you personally, both of you, or your organizations, because if I'm if um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ty Angel Oak does a lot within the community. How you guys kind of give back, or what you do to serve, not only for Scythe County but um, the community as a whole. Sure. Um, so for me, um, I like to say yes, and everybody knows that about me. And I'm I'm actually I was reading a podcast on like how to or reading through the Blink List podcast how to say no and what you can do to just calm down and make sure that this is something you have time to do not something you just want to do and and kill yourself trying to get it done and done well that for me I belong to Family Promise and I serve on their board Um, I'll actually be president of the board next year so this year in 2022 thank Mm -hmm. you I'm vice president and that's just something very near and dear to me it's the one organization that helps people move from homelessness to homes um, but we keep families together doing it and why I gravitated towards that is that if you have a teenage boy and you need to move into a shelter your boy has to be separated from you and when you look at people who end up in prison at times. Just imagine taking somebody going through a tough time, being critically, um, at that critical time, being removed from their mother. Mm-hmm. You're already preventing them from having, you know, that guidance that they may need. And she may not have the best life herself, where, but she's trying to manage that and move forward through it. While a program can help them with it, but keeping them together. Um, so I really, I really appreciate that about our program. Um, I love being a Rotarian. Um, I took a picture today of the different charities, and we had a Rotarian meeting this morning of the different charities that we help. And it's amazing to me how this group of 100 people, we have about 100 and something, I can't remember the exact number in our Rotary group, but how we pull our dollars together and we all work towards this fundraiser that we just Are you had. talking about the Derby? Yeah, it was yes. called the Derby. Mm-hmm. And 
we pull all that money together and we give back locally to our community. And I just love that. So I always sign up to volunteer on that. I always sponsor that um, just to, cause it, it affects change. Yes. And then I'm, you know, and I talked earlier about the kindness champion and I, I won't go into more detail on that, but I, I just love bringing all that together. And I, I've just been kind of a roll up your sleeves kind of person to really get involved. And I just feel so fortunate that I was able to get my career to a point where I could become a state farm agent. So I could dedicate my time, you know, and I try and do at least 50% of my time doing that type of work in our community, because that's where you reach the people. That's how you find the people who, who may need our services, but they also need our help right? in, in a different fashion. And so I get to connect people with that. And it's just, this area is so generous it, uh, coming from Florida that it's just amazing to me how helpful people have been in that. I missed Rotary this morning, and I, too, was uh, a contributor to that derby, and I enjoyed it. I didn't see you there. Were you there in person? I was. <gasps> I, well, maybe when you came in, I had to take a body break, but I was at a body break. <laughs> it was, was a beautiful at, day out it, that day. It was day. gorgeous. And it was a large property. So. Yes, and I was at the registration table, so I was greeting everyone oh. as they came in, except there was this... Um, 15-minute period where I had to um, use the restroom. That must have been and, the- oh, my team came in during that time. They were like, is she here? Because I'm stuck at the front. I didn't get to participate as much in the derby because someone had to volunteer and right. do that. But um, well, it was so funny. Oh, it was my pleasure. I was happy to do it. My husband couldn't make it that day, so I was like, you know what? I it, Why not let another couple enjoy time together since I'm going to be by myself? And then I got to do what I absolutely love, which is see everybody, say hello to everybody, except I missed a lot of key people during that 15 minutes. So I had time. a hard time recognizing people in their derby attire because, I mean, mm. all these lavish hats and, and other, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, Carrie. Oh, Carrie. Yes, <laughs> it's you. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we had over 450 people there. I what was, the um, because I'm sure they shared what you guys, what we yielded, uh, mm-hmm. what was the total donations? I believe I it was $125,000. I knew it. That's yeah. fantastic. So. And Ty, if you're unfamiliar with the distribution, how many, you said about 10 to 12 nonprofits locally? Yes. And it's, it's distributed equally amongst oh. all of them. And it's a 100% give back. It's yeah, fantastic. It's 100% You'll have to join us next sure. year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we do it annually. Well, yeah. I'll be a sponsor, so I'll give you some tickets. Yay. Yeah, I think uh, Angela would then be you'll all be hooked, And then you'll become a sponsor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you get to dress up. You can, you can bring your hey. lovely wife, and she can wear a fancy hat. Yeah, yes. anytime I can dress up, I dressed up for a radio show. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. I, and for our <laughs> listeners who cannot see them, they actually are kind of complimentary of each other in the colors that they wore, <laughs> and that's totally by happen chance because they didn't even meet before this show. I do want to plug Jan really quickly because she's very active with the women's group that I mentioned, Women Connect. In addition, if you were at the Star Business Awards, the inaugural Star Business Awards, mm-hmm. she was also a sponsor of that. So likely you've seen her logo and her beautiful headshot because it's often flashed uh, as a sponsor, and I thank you so much because you make those events possible for people like myself yeah my pleasure ty talk a little bit about your enthusiasm to giving back to the community um through your organization or just solo yeah so you know a couple recent examples i i I know angel does a lot and there's a lot of different volunteer opportunities that come up and they're proud sponsors of this and that all over the community i knew when i when i met these guys these are the type of people that i'd want to work with and kind of you know hitch my wagon to but um just based on their character but um, you know, we've got a, a annual golf tournament at our church, and we raise funds for uh, sending students to seminary. Um, and so this is something we put on last year. We had about 80 golfers. Um, I'm going to be able to go this year. We host at, you know, Chateau Milan. Um, great time. Come out and have a foursome. So I'm, I'm trying to rally a foursome. So I ask a few guys in my office and my uh, divisional senior vice president, I text him, and he was all over it. I mean, it took him 30 seconds to respond. He says, let me know if there's any other way I can help the church. And just, it's just refreshing to be around. You're exactly right, Jan. I think this community is so giving. I think the people here, they, they're, you know, we're well off. It's, it's a affluent community. And I think it's just, you know, I can't say enough good things about it. And so I'm on the board of our church uh, or on our council. And so I'm heavily involved there and there's always something to do. I, uh, am the property guy. So that means I get to fix all the leaky things or <laughs> <laughs> handle all the things that uh, go wrong or broke or, or this and that. But, um, I, you know, jump at the opportunity to that. I, I just felt privileged to be able to do something. It's you're, you're getting that opportunity for a reason, if you know what I mean. So you need to jump at it. And so I'm looking forward to 
you know, being involved in the community. Most of my connections to nonprofits and service have been out in Colorado. So I'm looking for the, you know, that next thing. So, well, well we have a couple people involved. going on our family promise board, which might fit closely yeah. with yours and to be continued. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, I, I told you I wouldn't keep you here for longer than 30 minutes, but we are at 45 minutes and I could talk to you forever. Mm-hmm. I would like to share a little bit of some fun stuff about you with our listeners. And Jan, I will let you hear me share this nugget about Ty and then you can jump with jump in with something cool um, to share. Ty and I, when we first met that same uh, NOFO, no, Mm -hmm. it was Cherry Street. Cherry Street, yeah. Um, He was sharing with me, we're sitting here in this beautiful studio. I got to give a shout out to Derek Brooks and Brandywine Printing because they provided us with all of our logoed items. Fantastic. And office creations because we're seated here at this board table. Um, But as you can see, I purchased some foamy square things on Amazon and I am OCD and they're not straight. And every time I look at them, they bother me. Need to bring a tape measure and a level. Mm-hmm. Ty has a creative solution to this atrocity, and I'll let him take it from there because it's a passion project, but it has to do with sound. Mm-hmm. Cue Ty. Oh, wow. Yeah, we should really do something <laughs> in here. <laughs> Tell our listeners a little bit about your handy handiwork yeah. at home and how you can help this studio become beautified. Well, you know, I think it's beautiful as it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to change anything. But if you were interested in, um, you know, different panels, I've been doing this for a uh, about eight years, just kind of as a hobby. I created a small recording studio at home and was recording things at home. And this is back before everyone was, you know, doing Zoom. Oh, yeah, and podcasting and everything. But this is back before we were all doing Zoom calls and different things. But I was, you know, recording music for fun at home and decided I would, you know, buy a bunch of foam. And my wife gave me the entire basement, so I made this recording studio, and it just sounded terrible. So I read a bunch of books on audio engineering and figured out how I could make some of this stuff. And, um put it on Amazon, started selling them to my friends, started, I built a website and had kind of a small business going. And, um, no, but what are they made out of? Made out of like high quality, hard maple, like studio quality, you know, wood. wood. And so I've Very got, interesting. yeah, I've got oh. clients here, um, you know, in, in Atlanta recording artists here. I've, I've sold a few people in Los Angeles and New York and Nashville. So it's kind of cool that I landed where I did. We're, we're halfway between Nashville and, and Atlanta, but um, you know, I can't be running my fingers by a table saw blade every single day of my life. So I'm going <laughs> to, you know, keep the mortgage thing going as the main thing. Um, and that's a good way for me to serve. But yeah, I would love to. So if you didn't quite get a picture of it, Jane, cause I had, he had to show me some pictures for me to fully understand, mm-hmm. but apparently the wood in the way he, that he repurposes it, per, it, uh, accomplishes this, it achieves the same thing for, uh, preventing the reverberations of sound yep. kind of explain a little bit behind the mechanics yeah. to someone like myself that wouldn't understand wood paneling, absorbing sound. So, yeah. So a lot of, of what, we, what you have in here is foam. And so that's going to deaden certain frequencies. Um, and so what happens in recording studios is you don't want to take all the sound energy out of the room. You want a room to sound open and natural. A lot of times you want smaller rooms to sound bigger. Let's say it's your, a bedroom or a place where you're recording or having a phone call online. And so what these panels do is it reflects the, the sound energy back and it hits it. They're kind of ridged. You can go to our website. It's modernsounddesign.com, but it, it hits this and there's, there's calculations that make sure that this is actually correct and it's attenuating the certain frequencies that you want. But, um, and I'm using my hands to talk uh-huh. and people can't really see this, but um, long story short, you're, you're maintaining the sound energy in the room and you're making, you know, smaller rooms sound open and more natural. And it just gives a, you know, a little bit more, less, less reflections and echoes in the space that you, that you might normally hear, but this and room sounds nice And it's aesthetically pleasing. Mm. And oh, it's beautiful, cool. uh-huh. yeah, I think. Well, I kind of stole your thunder by making that your cool fact, so I'll give you a chance to share something else cool if you'd like to share no. about yourself or your family. I saw something that said, you know, I live in constant fear of being asked, asked for a cool thing about myself or a fact. <laughs> now, I, you know, I... What's your favorite Chick-fil-A sauce? Oh, shoot, barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Barbecue? <laughs> you can get barbecue anywhere. Is it because Chick-fil-A's chick barbecue is so much better, or you're just like a true blue barbecue dude? I don't know. I just, that was the first thing that came to mind. Chick-fil-A is, you it's know, every Polynesian? time I want to go there, it's Sunday, so. Chick-fil-A sauce? Okay, I'll let you have the barbecue. Jan, tell us something interesting or, or fun about yourself or your family or 
something well, that you like to do. I have something that I'm really excited about, and it was so neat when I explained it to my husband. He was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds so cool. Um, and you and I kind of have briefly touched on it, but I kind of moved a little bit on it, and it's not fully developed. But, um, you know, you go through the pandemic, and then we're in political season, so there's lots of things, and then our country is so divisive. So there's so many things right now that aren't, you know, pleasurable to hear or listen to or to really have a place to find out about people. So I bought the rights to a website that's called um, Living and Loving My Life. And I'm so excited about that because, um, you know, when you think about how many people have mental illnesses and things because of what's on social media and things, to have a place that maybe you can go and just highlight just the regular Joe person because they are loving their life and I'm sitting here listening and that's like literally could be something that everyone fits into so because I'm looking at you and and what you do just with living your dream living at your your radio world and coming to go on this venture to give so many people a voice I'm like oh that's so amazing to me and then you um, Ty being able to um, you know kind of live your dream of providing for your family through your mortgages in such a unique way but then also you know having I call it his side hustle Mm -hmm. you know with those with those soundboards I mean and it creates that beautiful artwork I mean it's so amazing to me and then you know for me like being that philanthropic person who's kind of giving back and through these nonprofit worlds that have been so gracious to let me help them and and use those talents there and for my husband it's for photography you know like it can touch on so many different aspects that I'm I'm just so excited about um, being able to bring something to people or have an avenue for people to find goodness um, because we just need that but I guess that's probably why I'm the kind champion of Canon coming because of that but I'm super excited she said that low she's the kind champion for those of you that did (laughs) not hear that (laughs) humbly but um but just so fortunate there and um and then probably my most favorite fun fact is um I know you made it sound like our kids were young but they're not that young anymore we're kind of empty nesters now and our kids are all productive um happy citizens in in the country which we're happy for um and they're all we have five and they're all spread out but um our oldest and his wife they're expecting their first child so my yeah. husband and I are so excited Congratulations! we're going to be grandparents <laughs> yes. I just can't wait for That's that very to happen exciting. And all, obviously, you guys are are dedicated to our future with uh, what you do in your organizations, your community participation, and being family mothers and fathers as well. So I know it's it's very important for you uh, what lies ahead. Mm-hmm. You guys, I wanted to thank you so much for spending time with us today on Forsyth Business Radio. I hope that you've enjoyed it, and I hope that our, our listeners have found some value in our conversation. For those of you who did find value, we would appreciate you hitting the subscribe button. Maybe leave us a five-star review. <laughs> Jan, if anybody would like to get in touch with you and learn more about the State Farm services that you provide, how could they do so? Yeah, they can go to um, janrooney.com. JanRooney.com, and let's spell that for those who might not be old. It's R-O-O-N-E-Y. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's Jan with one N, J-A-N. Yes. And Ty? Yeah, so we're angeloakhomeloans.com, and I think you can search and, and find my number, but, you know. Go for yeah, it. 678-562-7174. All right, and then we're going to end on one more. I'm um, going to put you on the spot. Leave a word of wisdom or a parting thought for our listeners. Everybody's crickets. Yeah. So I posted this yesterday on LinkedIn, something that that my company posted just reminded me of it. It's uh, I got a little uh, paperweight years ago in a a sales meeting that the guest speaker that day gave this to us and I held on to it forever and it still sits on my desk. It's an Einstein quote that says, don't seek to become a man of success, seek to become a man of value. And so that goes back to what we were talking about earlier today, I think, providing value to people in, in the ways that you're blessed to be able to do that. I love that, Ty. Thank you. And um, for me, I think because we're just in such a divisive world right now, you know, I just really wish that everyone would kind of go back to that golden rule, you know, treat others as you want to be treated and, you know, be accepting of everyone. And just imagine what our, what our city would look like, our county would look like, our state, our country, country. our world, world. Yes. would look like if we were all just accepting of everyone. 
Thank you, Jan. And if you guys ever want to come hang out with us, our listeners, I mean, because we all hang out at the chamber too, um, any one of us would love for you to be our guests. And today, um, this was for Scythe Business Radio. Again, I was joined by our fabulous guests, Jan Rooney and Ty Keller. We will see you again soon. I have been your host, Amanda Pierch, and please follow along with us on social media to stay up to date at Forsyth Business Radio X. Until next time. 